Hello and welcome to Dad and Sons, the podcast that features Dad and Sons. And you guys, are you sons or dads? Have you made up your mind? And welcome to the latest episode and a new episode that will feature the redemption of the Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Which is you. Which is me. I am going to be redeemed and no longer castrated by this podcast or ostracized for my not love of Mario Odyssey. I don't know where people think I love Mario Odyssey for some reason. I'm just it's defending its game design. That's it's it. It's the worst kind of video game argument. It's like people agreeing about something, but in the wrong ways. I know, right? That are apparently it's like, incompatible. Wow, a game that George really does like just... That I like too, which is to have a different <laughs> yeah. opinion about it. Whereas Matt's oh, just like, I can't fuck wait. you guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm really looking forward to doing that DLC. Anyways, anyways, let's, yes. let's let's get back to the intro. So welcome to the Redemption episode where we will talk about Celeste. So, you know, I'm going to be right, which is going to be great. But we have me. I'm the redeeming one. I'm Liam. Hello. We have Matt. Hi. I might sound weird because I have a grill in my mouth. It feels like a grill. It feels like when you go to um, uh, the Halloween prop place um, and you put like uh, those those uh, what you call those vampire fangs in your mouth. Yes, ah. that, that's, that I have aligners in my mouth right now, and that's what it feels like. When you said grill, hurt. I was like, Matt, have you gone you see your grill. full cliche? Full cliche? Yeah, yeah, full cliche, man. Oh, man. (laughs) That would be strange and amazing at the same time. And we also have... That's going to be the next profile pic uh, for YouTubes. (laughs) And we also have everyone's favorites. Um, We shouldn't talk about anime or racist conversations anymore. It's Mr. George Weedman. Hi, I fuck up everything. (laughs) Hello, George. But it's not just me. We do have a special guest in. We uh, do. Uh, Who could it be? Uh, the the, the <laughs> second of all um, personal friends that I've brought on this podcast is uh, <laughs> Kyle Javelli this time. Hello. Hello. You go by the internet handle of Cute Monster Props. You work for Vulpin. You you made um, some Jim Sterling props. Uh, yeah. So um, my day job is at Vulpin Props, uh, where we make uh, video game replicas um, as well as esports trophies. Um, and then on the side, I have my own business with Cute Monster Props, uh, and you might have seen something I've made. Um, if you see Jim Sterling waggling around a cane, uh, I made a couple of canes for him, uh, more than one in case he breaks one. Um, <laughs> and, um, I make, uh, trinket- trinkets and figurines and things like that, um, mostly from the video game industry. Um, but yeah, I, I like to make stuff, um, so I'm tangentially in the uh, the video game industry are are there any other uh uh props you might have made that people might have laid eyes on over the course of 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 their time uh ravaging the internet for humor because because stuff of yours shows up in really surprising places um including your work with vulpin props like uh <laughs> esports trophies like like stuff you might have laid hands on has been had millions of eyes laid upon it by proxy uh so yeah um for vulpin prop stuff i think some of the recent things we've done um there was um uh a counter-strike tournament in cancun that we did a trophy for it's this big uh, jet engine 
Uh, for BlizzCon, we did a bunch of trophies for uh, Heroes of the Storm, uh, for uh, Hearthstone. That one was quite fun. It was called the Invitational, and the trophy was shaped <laughs> like a big inn window. Um, and then Can you imagine winning a Hearthstone tournament after all that training and being given a window? Like, this is the crowning achievement of my existence. Here's a window. The best thing was, though, that, you know, they, they, these companies usually uh, use the trophy for, for marketing and advertising purposes. And so it's kind of a weird thing. Like, they, they don't always give it to the teams. They usually will they'll etch the team name onto it and kind of keep it on hand. Uh, but lately we've <laughs> Keep been it making, themselves. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones paying for it. Um, but uh, <laughs> what they've been doing more lately is they will contract us to do, uh, since we have the 3D files for the trophy... We'll do an additional tiny trophy and make six copies or so for them. Uh, or for the Invitational, we did pewter versions of uh, the in-window and put a really nice lanyard around them uh, that matched the color scheme so that they had this cool emblem to wear in front of the, uh, the bigger trophy that they didn't get to take home. <laughs> Blizzard cheaping out on people who've won their tournaments. <laughs> at, least, at least they got their, their dad humor game. Uh... On on point. Always True. always nice to hear a a the the prolific paragons of our society who are in charge of things like esports to uh, know when to make a good pun when one is needed. Uh, as far as my personal work, uh, I know that for whatever reason, I did a um, uh, I sculpted an emil head from uh, near Gestalt. And um, I put it on a snowman and just tagged it, uh, Glory to Snowmankind. And the official near Twitter um, retweeted that and it blew, blew up. That's I, the, the, I, the famous Yoko Taro mask, correct? Yes. Ah. I remember that. Oh, it was so... Like, converted motorcycle helmet, right? Uh, no, actually, it's a 14-inch um, a diameter streetlight globe, originally. What? Oh my god! I, that's, that's not what crazy. I expected at all. Where, where do you get something light? like that? Where, uh, where, where do you order that, or do you just steal it off the street? <laughs> okay, at my old apartment complex, I I was very tempted. Um, wow! But no, it's mm-hmm. you just find weird resources here and there. Um, that one, for whatever reason, just if you need a um, acrylic dome for like a space helmet, um, you know, Matt, if you're working on your Nuka Girl costume, check out a thousand. I think a thousand bulbs dot com for all your acrylic globe needs. So oh if you God. ever need to make a perfectly spherical headpiece, Kyle Javelli is your man. <laughs> Such a good name, Kyle Javelli. It rolls it smoothly and Oh, yeah, and you can see my um, Estes flask in the, um, in the famed uh, critical close-up Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. 4 video. And, and you also made me a little uh, sunlight medallion that I put on my trophy in the... Uh, and th- my smash trophy that I think also has a smash medal on it. <laughs> Anyways, you were the first person to recommend me a video game that uh, I think we all went out and played this week, and that is Celeste on the Switch. Did you purposely bring Kyle on the show just to take the edge off my victory in this one? <laughs> is, is that what you did? What, what do you mean? You had take not mentioned you, you had not mentioned Celeste once. In, until we spoke about it last week, and you're like, oh, yes. Yes. And so, then, so Celeste is a game that Liam was extremely excited about bringing up. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a game that I, uh, I, I, I bought after the podcast and, and, and have been going through myself. And? <laughs> it sucks. And I think it's... Uh, it's like all it's it's oh. it's good oh oh, oh oh i'm just wondering <laughs> if you might have like hyped it up a bit too much where did you get to um so i'm halfway through the level with uh theo in the temple the temple so Is the start of the, the game uh, that's the one with the what? red no bubbles. Right? Yeah. How many, the what red chapter? Bubbles. You don't remember what chapter you're on? Just say a chapter. I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, five or six levels in. Is it? Is that with the like cosmic? Is that the t- first time you experienced the cosmic like no, passageway no, no. things? No, no. I think those might have been. Th- those sound like the haunted hotel, which was cute, which is super cute. Wait, is that before or after? I can't remember. No, that's it's it's, it's just after the three. the haunted hotel. That's three, yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. So so is it is it four? But it still mm. seems fine. I don't something it didn't um hook me for the entire ten hour stretch like it got you. I've been playing like one hour or so a day on the bathroom. Yeah, actually, I looked back at my old um, yeah, totally text did. recommendations. That's how that's how Kyle was pitching it to me. <laughs> I remember the text message you sent me. The the final sentence was like, "It's a good game for when you are pooping." <laughs> so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now hold up. Matthew suggests, you know, toilet games to you, and you say, "Oh, poop particles. Ah, don't don't bring a switch in there. Don't bring a switch in there." I... And now Kyle Javelli, you know, the name that rolls off the tongue, the succulent. <laughs> State. That doesn't mean I'm not playing it Matt. while I'm pooping. He Matt. can get you to bring your switch inside Matt. the bathroom while you laying a deuce. Come on, Matt. Matt. It's it's okay, Matt. Okay. You didn't make a giant window. <laughs> I it guess helps not. the poop particles well, flow out. Matt, you you did the hard job. I I I simply just came in <laughs> after he had weakened. You know, he was in, in a weakened state. All I had to do was just just throw it out there boom it landed but you did all the hard work <laughs> what i've learned over the past year and a half of dealing with matt's aversion to my aversion to poop particles is just not to mention it because i still have it like i don't i okay i might have played my switch on the toilet i want to say three times since i bought it but don't tell anyone else and 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 like i still feel like uneasy when i do it it's like a fight like i have to struggle to bring you, my switch in the bathroom are you like even enjoying yourself when you do it then are you are you like playing celeste and you're like Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, but it's like oh, it's no. like enjoying myself at the onsen. I have to like fight an internal urge to not enjoy myself. Do you have like tears like oh man, this is going to be a <laughs> bad number 2? Let me not bring more, it in. More there. like tears anyways. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, there's, there's, there's some trips that it might be better or, or, or worse left. Um, it, it was, it was, it was a, a bad dad pun, but yeah, no, Celeste, um, okay, okay, it feels, it feels fine. It feels really good, actually. The pixel art is, like, animated well, it's not super, like, high resolution or anything, but the first thought I had when the camera, like, panned up from this low resolution, mostly static at the time during the opening scene scene, into a purely black uh, sky with a quote of the character's internal monologue, I was just like, oh, this is the kind of indie game people make parodies of. Oh, I don't know. I remember you you introduced it as a game that some people will groan at. Yeah. And I, 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 I... 
Theo is super cool. I freaking love that he has a plaid background on his on his thing. But I did grow it every now and then. You did. Yeah. You did warn me. You did. I, warn I me. told you. It, it, yeah. But you grow to like it more. It's grown worthy, but kind of in a forgiving way. So it, what you're it, saying is it's a grow worthy, grown worthy. Oh, shut up, George. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like there are, there are times when you groan but it's never cringeworthy it's um oh god the cringe is subjective uh there is there's I, it's no not like... uh, way to to measure cringe with math and and well uh, <laughs> i want to say that my cringeometer like like <laughs> bottomed out at a 4 but it definitely like like hit the middle eights at points i i i kind of liked it i I wouldn't say it kept me captivated the whole time. Um, I didn't finish it because I had a lot of things to do, but I did play it before going to sleep. And, of course, uh, the occasional toilet. But um, it's it has, like, a nice balance of of difficulty. And then sometimes you have this, the strawberries there if you want mm-hmm. to push it up a little bit higher. And and my method was if I can imagine a route to the strawberry, I'll give it a shot. If that I was that, that was my s- initial that was my initial playthrough. That if if I'll have like one crack at the strawberry, and then if it feels like I could do it without spending half an hour, then I'll try and get it. Um, but if it's like you look at it and you're just like, oh fuck, fuck that, I'm just I'm just gonna go past yeah. it for this one. So did you yeah, end up, ended up uh, coming back for those? Uh, I would maybe do that on a level or two in the beginning, is try to try to get 100% of the strawberries. But um, I think some of the later stages, I only I only just did the, the level on the one playthrough and tried to be as thorough as possible. And I don't think too many of the strawberries are ultra-hidden. I think you can get about 90% of them if you're perceptive, if you dash around corners and things like that. Um, but I, I didn't go back and I felt like I had a pretty rewarding experience just getting the ones I could find. Mm -hmm. Like I went back, I I was like never frustrated or angry or anything like difficulty balance for it's, it's one of those games that like pretends to be hard Yeah. when it's in your hands, you're like, Oh, I got this. Yeah. Girl, we good. The other reason reason I suggest it as a game that is good for pooping is because it's, um, uh, good at, uh, incremental uh, advance advancements uh, it's a game where you can play it for maybe you know a few minutes just to beat a single screen and it feels still pretty rewarding or you can play it for a couple hours yeah and try and just beat unlike level. moons but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so is strawberries like the moons for you matt is it like the better version of moons oh oh that whole game is the better version of moons but yeah <laughs> moons yeah you're not gonna be trying out luigi balloons quite- yeah, I mean, if you could drop, you know, pick up a moon and just pick up where you left off without draining your battery, that'd be great. But yeah, I, I quite like the screen thing, um, it, and it, it never felt like you looked at it and it looks intimidating, and then and then you do it and you're like, oh, okay, this is not exact. It's not as hard as I thought it was gonna be. Um, it, it makes you feel like a badass. Um, oh yeah, feeling yeah. like a badass. What I really a liked lot. about Celeste as well, especially going back to the strawberry thing, 
is that they playtested the shit out of this game that they know exactly when to give you the strawberry. Like, it doesn't make you carry it throughout the whole oh, of the yeah. level like I thought it would. It, like... Mm-hmm. It makes you get it, and then it makes you pass, like, one section to get back to, like, where the quote-unquote like normal floor. path is. I remember is, like, wondering the... about that. Like, and then like it how... would just, like, <laughs> boop, and it would, it would go away, and you'd be like, yes, I'm free. No more panicking. Well, I, can just go, I can just go. Because it would be too easy just to grab it and die. They want you to actually be on stable no, ground no, no. before I mean, you grab it. I mean, like... Um... I mean, like, you don't have to get it and then carry it all the way to the end of the level. Like, sometimes you you would get it and then all you would have to do is maybe trek back to the normal path. Like, what would be the normal path? And then it just, like, boop, gives you the thousand points and then you can just carry on with the level then. Instead of getting back to the normal path and then dying on the normal path, restarting at the start of the level, and then having to get the strawberry again. It's it's mm-hmm. it's pretty also, good. That one thousand that one thousand points is super satisfying, even though there's <laughs> it does nothing. <laughs> I was wondering about that as a game developer, like Liam. What do you think they did to um, flag what areas count as a safe zone and what doesn't? Do you think it was just pure playtesting, like those, play those testing, safe waypoints over and over are again, manually like, placed? Is like um, once you've got the strawberry, is it too risky? Do you, like. Do you have to take risks to get back to, like, safety or towards the end of the level? Do you have to take massive risks? Or do you have to do a tiny bit of skill to navigate what you've already been through? Because it's almost always, like, backtracking. Like, you would, you have to, like, maybe double jump or you have to use one of the mechanics to get the strawberry. And then you would have to maybe, like, jump, like, three or four times to get back onto the normal path. And I think it was more like risk versus reward kind of thing and not being like, now you have the strawberry, you have to fucking like do what you did to get the strawberry mm-hmm. again. But in the it's, other it's direction. Like, it's, it's like learning. So you learn how to get it so you can easily go back, but then you would have to maybe do the level that you've not done yet. Because if you're trying to get the strawberry, you've not attempted to actually complete the level. And uh, sometimes it'll let you so suicide your way out. You would get the strawberry, and then you would have to be like, okay, now I have to try and complete the level that I've not even attempted yet without dying because I'll lose the strawberry. So it's more like it just like allows you to have it, and it's like, okay, let's just mitigate the damage and kind of give make sure the player sticks with this without feeling punished. So yeah, just extensive playtesting over and over again. I think it follows a set number of rules too, like uh, anything that counts as a, a sort of a, a movable platform uh, isn't solid grounds, but anything that's part of like the generic tile set of the level does. One thing that I was really surprised by is how elegant it apparently was able to do a story, but for Meat Boy... <laughs> Like, for a highly technical, super mechanics-driven, arcade, uh, side-scroller action game, they have a lot of breaks for story scenes that make sense, that create cool set pieces. Like Oshiro chasing you through the house, like like becoming a big boss monster. Yeah, it it seemed like a lot of levels ended with um, boss fights that uh, started out as, like, stories rather than mechanics on on the design dock, I'm guessing. 
And uh, I was surprised by that because the repetition and the sheer amount of player deaths people usually endure with these things is something that I wasn't expecting to be as compatible with, with the story involving characters that seem relatively realistic, but but they strangely do this uh, mountain full of <laughs> spikes and death traps and pits as like a, a Canadian resort town or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. In a weird, like, metaphysical way as well, seeing that you've died 3,000 times and not got angry once is like some sort of spiritual epiphany as well. <laughs> like, I died 3,000 times at this game. I have never died 3,000 times at anything, unless it's like Dark Souls, but not once did I get angry. Is this like the spiritual journey of the Celeste Mountain <laughs> that I've been on? <laughs> I must be at peace. I think the only time I got angry at a number of deaths is when I finished a level and it said you died 416 times, and I'm like, God, no, couldn't have just died four more times. I, uh, had a, I had a friend over so close. for a couple sessions, and, and I enjoyed seeing that number increase when I was trying to play the game and talk at the same time. <laughs> like, uh, I, I did about two levels in, in front of her, and, and when I was looking at my statistics, I was like, wow, I died 300 more times on these than, than the other two. So, George, have you done any of the B-sides yet? I've, I've glanced at one of them and noped <laughs> the fuck out of there. <laughs> 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 but Kyle, you apparently did them. You, you sent me a text when I was uh, when when I was getting you set up here, saying that I was you did all the B sides. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I I don't use my electronics in the bathroom unless I'm playing. Uh, a we really have good game. only way to do the B sides. Actually, oh George, we have audio <laughs> proof that you do. It's the start of this podcast. But but I did it like three times and, and it was it's a thing that I'm trying to like prevent and, and fight and there's like mental hangups. Do you read like magazines while pooping? Are you worried about? I I sometimes uh, read my cell phone. That's an electronic that's, device. Yeah, that's poop articles. But but I get so and that's that's about one you it. carry around like everywhere. I I always thought that you just went to poop and you used it as time for meditation or something. Yeah. Usually, yeah, yeah. Just kind of think about the state of the world. <laughs> well, what are you going to do when I get out of the bathroom? Yeah. That, that, that also We have works. quite literally shit on Kyle boasting about having done the B-sides. <laughs> Kyle, you did all the B-sides, you monster. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you cute yeah, monster? No, I, I finished... Um, you beat the game, and then um, there's a, a final level you can get if you've uh, found a number mm -hmm. of unlockables. Uh, and then that has its own B-side if you do all of the B-sides and get all of the uh, collectible, all of the uh, the crystal hearts. The strawberries don't really do anything. They just give you a little a little uh, bonus at the end. <laughs> They're just for I for wonder about that bonus. Like, because Matt and George haven't finished it. But Kyle, do you think if you didn't get any strawberries, you wouldn't get that bonus? Because um, it's the end of the game. Well, no, I'm... I'm just there's just a picture that changes uh, and some dialogue depending on how many strawberries you got. Ah, and there okay. is actually an instance if you don't get any strawberries, the game points that out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a massive spoiler. <laughs> I won't say it anyway. They, they make a strawberry cake and it really sucks. Mm. Oh no, it was so worth it. <laughs> um, or excuse me, a strawberry pie. A strawberry pie. Um, yeah. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, no, the B-sides, though. Uh, has anyone else done them? I've done, oh, like, no. two of them, but that that's it. 
How I can't even find the cassettes. Finding the cassettes is fucking hard enough. I needed help on a couple of them, but um, some of them, if you... Yeah, no, they're, they're, they can be pretty tricky. I get anxious if I get too far in a level and I haven't seen a, a tape deck yet. <laughs> You're one of those. You're like, oh my god, wait a minute. Did I miss something? <laughs> Did I miss something? I have to or restart. I get the beast out without having to go to find a guide or something. <laughs> it's How a good the... game. I want to play the difficulty it now. tuned on those B-sides? Are, are they too um, hard, or were they just right? So, on an average stage, I'd die maybe 200-plus times. Um, and then on a B-side, <laughs> I'd die probably about 400-plus times. So, I guess they're twice as hard. Do they take twice as long? Uh, no, they're a bit shorter. Because they don't... Um, with the exception of uh, the... Uh, of one level, they're pretty much completely linear. Um, so it's more just heightening the uh, the challenge of the platforming to its logical conclusion. Excellent. And the logical conclusion is something that is very, very elegant, distilled, uh, yeah, compressed. I, I enjoy a Meat Boy here and there, but I think what really grabbed me about Celeste was that you can look through a level with like those binoculars and see, all right, I need to jump here, dash there, hold B at the end of the uh, warp tunnel so I get an extended jump, back dash off of that, you know, hit the glass gem and things like that to where you can kind of plan out your whole run before you even you've hit, hit the jump button. And there's just about one uh, kind of level design gimmick per level that gets increasingly complicated as you go through. It's very much built in the braid tradition of um, theming every every level off of a new um, placeable gimmick that, that like, like futzes with your character's own core abilities itself. Like the bubbles give you an extra dash. The like cosmic uh, black Cthulhu goop um, dashes, continues your dash in one direction until you hit a wall. And there's like plates that react to your dashes. Everything's kind of connected to your dash and in, in a very elegant, simple way that's cleanly telegraphed. And uh, I guess I appreciate that, but you get but exactly what I was saying for more complex stuff. You, you get what I was saying about last week where it has one mechanic and then it just iterates on that mechanic throughout the whole game, which is yes. what makes it so simplistically special at the same time. Like, you get the dash ingrained in you, so when there are small changes to it, you can deal with them so easily. It's not like learning a whole new gameplay mechanic. It's just like, oh, this thing I know how to do really well. Now if I do this a little bit, oh, the outcome of what will happen will change a little bit. And that's super smart. I've... I've missed games like this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I it's... played Towerfall on the weekend with some friends, uh, at, like a board game party thing. And we played a bit of Towerfall, and obviously that ma- makes games sort of big success before that, that's Celeste. Me. That's me. Yeah, Matt. Matt, do you make hey, games? Matt. Matt, did you make Celeste? Yeah, I actually did. I, I just I didn't want to brag about it. That's why I didn't say anything. Matt, you're yeah. a fucking genius. I know, right? You made Towerfall too? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you make Towerfall too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Why, why are you wasting Wait, your time it, recording a hard? podcast when you've got millions of dollars in the bank? <laughs> I know, right? It's because I love <laughs> you guys 
Play Logan. Not only is Matt the developer, but he's also the voice of Madeline. So whenever you hear that, it's Matt. Matt with his grill in his mouth. That's the oh, sound it makes that's... when you have too much grill in your mouth. Oh my god. Is it, is it time to, to transition over into <laughs> stories? Let's all fly to Japan right now. Are you doing like it? A, is that like a reference to we're going to speak about anime? So or, the fact the that, server. <laughs> or the fact that Discord oh. is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Discord Discord's been giving us some technical issues. But in the, in the meantime, on, on, on the way there, uh, Matt, why do you have a grill in your mouth? Okay, so I, I, I understood that you guys didn't really understand what I was saying. I have aligners in my mouth. So, you know braces? Yeah. Um, think about invisible braces. They're called Invisalign is like the, oh the brand. Oh, my God. Fuck Invisalign, man. It's, when it's I was the a brand. Kid, yeah. When I was a kid, Invisalign was rubbing it in so hard because I, I I had like regular braces and they hurt and they they sucked and everyone made fun of me for them and I'd go home and watch Dragon Ball Z on Toonami and, and Invisalign would be like hey <laughs> poor kids do you want to have your teeth fixed but not endure the consequences that 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 we don't have to deal with here have oh, Invisalign Invisalign is like super saiyan braces. I don't even know what these were and I'm looking at pictures of them and I was the same as George I had those clunky ass fucking like someone had smacked me with a wheelchair and it melded with my teeth <laughs> and now I'm looking at these like invisible ass like rugby guards. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not as expensive anymore as they used to be. Like, you know, it used to be like double the cost. Oh, yeah. And stuff. It was a real like, class in those towel conflict. The, 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 the poor kids <laughs> and the rich kids in elementary school were at each other's throats over those things. Well, that's why I have a job because I have insurance now. So I'm going to use the hell out of it, even though I hate my job. I mean, I love my job. Um, <laughs> Matt, we'll get onto yeah, your I, job soon enough. <laughs> Invisalign. <laughs> Invisalign is a brand, kind of like, you know, Polaroids, where, where it was not the actual, you know, uh, flash paper or whatever you want to call it back in the day. Uh, so they're called aligners. So I just got aligners. I didn't go with the name brand Invisalign. So they're just a little bit cheaper. Just uh, but a yeah, little that's, bit. That's in, I got them yesterday. My my teeth are slightly hurting and supposedly i'm gonna have a lisp until you can hear it now lisp <laughs> i was gonna lisp. say because i was trying to listen to see if there was like any noticeable inflections in your voice but it, it's pretty it's pretty solid it's pretty like as normal yeah. uh yeah I, I, supposedly you get used to it after a while and then your your voice goes back um i can hear it because i guess i i'm used to my voice but uh like you're just like standing, like, sitting on a chair all day, and just like listening to yourself. You're like, now I have a lisp. This, <laughs> this is going to be painful. <laughs> Sorry for yeah, anyone but... who has a lisp. I did not mean to offend you. Then. <laughs> oh no! I didn't even think about that. We love all you of our all. lisp listeners. Just lisp drop listeners. instantly. Matt, can you say lisp listeners for me? Lisp listeners. That was hey, that was fine. Yeah, I, I you might make it through this. <laughs> I so will. How long? How long are they giving you? What's what's your uh, uh, supposedly... estimated time of arrival? He's <laughs> not gonna die, is he? <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, <laughs> this is what happens. Um, 
Uh, aligners are a bit alive. faster than braces because you get to put them in every two weeks. So supposedly less than a year, which is way better than two years. I was quoted from before from a couple people. Man, some orthodontists are like trying to they really want to stick their hand down your pocket, man. Give a good you know, get getting a shove wallet. their copays down your throat. Yeah, it's like, oh, we don't do that. I, I found like a really nice guy who's like shaves your teeth and like uh, you know, like if any cracks and stuff like it's just great. It's great. But yeah. Uh less than a, less than a year. And I'll have straight teeth. I've been wanting to do this since I was young, but you know, when I was young I was poor. <laughs> and now I'm still poor. But I have a little <laughs> bit more money. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I just realized, like, when I was a kid and the, the rich kids and, and the rest of us were, were having our fights over Invisalign, like, that that would have been in the, like, fairly well-to-do suburbs. So, yeah, I mean, everyone had braces. It's, it's weird to think about that had I grown up someplace different, that schoolyard fight would have been a different one. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> what? That schoolyard fight? That schoolyard there fight? There was there 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 was um some tension and and ah like the the second you mentioned Invisalign, you just opened up so many old wounds. <laughs> hmm. We're, we're gonna dissect so that weird. a little bit later. It, it was a precious resource that the kids had to fight over. <laughs> George is forced to face a dark side of himself with purple hair and red eyes. Did him. So I did something way out of my element, uh, and that was following up on a fan request. A fan on the Discord sent me a code for a one-day free trial on Crunchyroll with a recommendation. The <laughs> the, the 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 cartoon in particular, I, I know they don't like that word, was called Yuru Camp, and it I I think. Okay, here on the Dad and Sons podcast, we've said some embarrassingly wrong things about Star Citizen. We've we've said some embarrassingly wrong things about Bitcoin and Chinese history. And and now I'm <laughs> guessing that I'm going to say a bunch of embarrassingly wrong things about the uh, purposes, uh, uh, point, and style of of these Moe animes. So, so Eurocamp translates to laid-back camp it's a show in which tiny girls the character designs look really cute go camping and and go bicycling and the uh, fan who recommended it to me um picked it off of uh the list out of my 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 known habits for outdoorsmanship like like i do bicycle touring and camping a lot and in the show the tiny girls basically go through the motions of regular camping trips while, while the narrator sometimes gives the viewer tips on, on how to make their campfires better or, or how to make their camp cooking better or how to pitch a tit and, and have it sturdier. And they, they, they sometimes go back to the school and have a bit of school drama about if their outdoors, outdoors activities club is doing well or not. But most of the time, they're just in the woods giving the viewer tips on how to camp good. And I'm guessing that these things are made to be halfway paid attention to. It's it's very placid, very quiet, and and a lot of times they'll just cut to some uh, vista that that the artist uh, paid particular attention to for for outdoorsy scenes. And in between then, though, it's like a, a very quiet, meditative, high-pitched girl cooing 
through the motions of some uh, some activity you might be doing in a few weeks or so later in real life. And I'm wondering if uh, like these things are built to cater to people going through phases of interests, like 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 if. Uh, like, like it's a companion piece to the hobby of, of, of outdoorsmanship and camping and bike touring, rather than a piece intended to hold up by the merits of its own story alone. You know what slice of life is, right? Is that <laughs> what this is? So this is like, a. it sounds like a slice of life anime. So there is this whole Her- sort of genre de gras of anime that's called slice of life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have like certain themes, but shows like the one you're describing that maybe focus on this very specific thing that is kind of like a normal thing about life. Like, you know, maybe a yeah. hobby or uh, an interest that the main character has or something. And they just sort of kind of explore that while nothing really happens. They just have normal day to day stuff. Um, yeah, that that's a slice of life anime. I, I, I for what it's worth, I didn't hate it. I, I feel like I consumed it as intended by um like rolling around on the bed, having it running on a tablet while I was chatting in Discord, kind of like jumping in and out of it as it was going on. Wow. And it was very like soothing and 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 a, and a <laughs> it it tries its darndest to be really, really cute, and there's so many genres of, of concepts of anime there's just like tiny girls do something I, I that, don't get uh, it. that you how, wouldn't expect yeah okay how, how do people watch things like that like oh yeah i, I watched this show oh but i watched it while like i don't know jacking off to point like like <laughs> no you don't multitask there's a very particular subset of um I'm, cartoons for that yeah. no, i'm sure no, they have, you, you, they have if you're gonna watch too. something you you watch it you can't, you can't like give a review on something if you didn't actually. I used put, to be like that too, to and then I had to confront the possibility of sitting down and paying attention to Yuru Camp, and it's so quiet and so placid and meditative and peaceful that I'm pretty sure that if I consumed it like that, I'd be doing it wrong. Mm-mm. Like, like it's. Uh... <laughs> Well, there's a lot of kabuki that's like meant to be consumed while half asleep, right? Or Liam, am I wrong about that? I am of the mind that if I'm going to watch anime, I'm going to watch anime. I can't do two things at the same time with subtitle stuff. I can't. I hate missing things. If and the thing is, I can watch probably a show like Yoru Camp and. <laughs> understand most of it if it's pretty non-slangy um so i could probably have it on in the background and kind of get the gist of what's happening but even then because i don't 100 percent fully understand what's what's uh being said i have to pay attention to it um i can't oh, watch anime some... and not pay attention i i would love subtitles and language you, you know what would trigger me uh liam uh Tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, do ra 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 whatever that one is, whatever that one is. Perfect first try. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what would trigger me is him watching that while doing something else. Like this, impossible. It is impossible. Well, that that one's a, like a heavier 
like kind of a more of a trauma. Right? It is so heavy. Like there, you, there is, you, it's heavy while you're watching it. Like it's just so much words on the screen there, at one time. Yeah. See, when I I will watch uh, anime with the English dub on the background when I'm in a workshop because I I don't have time to consume anime regularly. If it is something that's heavier, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and watch it. But like. Stuff like Don't My do Hero it, Academia, I was able to get through nope. because uh, there's a plot, but like you just kind of look look up every once in a while, see some boys Don't. punching. And hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's mm-hmm. not talk shit about mm-hmm. Boku no Hero Academia. I love My Hero. Okay, Academia, that's good. <laughs> but just the only way I was able to 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 consume it on a regular time schedule was to have it on in the background. In yeah, I can totally get where you're coming from because my anime consumption since moving to Japan has like almost become like 10% of what it used to be just because I'm busier and being in Japan, as we've sort of spoken about on the show before, kind of, I feel like I'm by osmosis consuming it just because I see it everywhere. So I kind of just know what's happening in anime world and fandom anyway. So, but actually, like, watching it, I have to, like, sit down and put time aside, and that's kind of just difficult to schedule in anime. But it has been kind of weird seeing everyone suggest all of these shows to George, and there are so many shows that I've watched in the past, like, someone someone today suggested Tengen Topper and Lagan, and now I just want to go back and watch Tengen Topper and Lagan. I like how you call it Tim and Takagur and Lagan and not just Gurren Lagan. Ah, mm. uh, well, you know. That, that that that's that's how you T-T-G-L. know you're legit. You're, 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 you're more hardcore than us normies. Well, you know they have the the movies now that sort of. Um, George, please watch the uh, movies. Please watch the two Gurren movies. Please. Okay. Like you liked Red My Line's anime animation. For this week, I did. I did, and that the Red Line Red Line has me wanting to like Gurren Lagann has amazing animation for anime. Red Line is like the exception to like that's just of another world levels of animation but the movie 2 of Gurren Lagann the animation towards the end is so good it's so good please please watch it what was it some some absurd number where they spent like the majority of their animation budget on the last like 3 to 4 levels uh, or e- episodes excuse yeah. me video games <laughs> oh god oh, yeah. Gurren Lagann is so good George please so watch I, the two movies I, <laughs> I want I want to step up to plate I think I have an anime suggestion that George might like. Can I just quickly, before we move on from Yuriu Camp, can I just quickly mention, after looking up the main characters and what they look like, doesn't the main character look strangely like Madeline from Celeste? Let's see see the the purple. um, Yeah, I mean, I guess. The one with the pink hair. Generic anime. In her little mountain jacket and scarf. She she looks ready to climb, I guess. I don't know. She looks like a lot of other characters I'm sure I've seen. But 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 she's got the mountaineering outfits on. Um, Kyle, you were going to step up to the plate, correct? Okay, yes, okay. Yes. So I'm trying to gauge what you enjoy. It seems like you like things that are both serious but don't take themselves too seriously. Yes. He likes uh, garbage. Um, I do like garbage. Um... JoJo didn't hit it off for you, which is fine. Well, I'm giving it another um, shot because uh, I didn't watch it all the way to the 10th episode to get well, to part also, two like, when it, it has, gets good. Some people are purists and say you have to watch it sequentially, but there are different arcs that have drastically different um, themes. So, like, if you don't like 
Victorian vampires punching each other. You can do Indiana Jones, or you can do Around the World in 80 Days, or you can do Genji Ito, um, Slice of Life stories, uh, just whatever floats your boat. Uh, but no, no, the anime I think you would like is Kaiji. Has anyone else seen it? Kaiji, I've heard of it. Is that the the, ga- the gambling gambling anime? Guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The art style is very unique for that one. I, I like his nose. <laughs> it's very much um, a little bit of um, education on game theory, uh, and a lot bit of characters overreacting oh, to yeah. very mundane gambling moves um, with the most extreme odds on them. So does a narrator butt in every now and then and like? Oh my god, the narrator butts in all the time. One of my favorite scenes of the whole show is um, he gets a really bad role in in a dice game in a debtor's prison, and um, <laughs> and the the character Kaiji shouts, "I hate it!" And the narrator goes, "He hates it." <laughs> Kaiji goes again, "I hate it!" And the narrator goes again, "He hates it." That sounds like the kind of situation where a record would scratch and, and they'd be like, you might be wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> That's the whole anime. Losing a bad debt or, or a bad bet in a debtor's prison is, is a situation that we don't want to uh, condone our, our listeners to find themselves in. And, and Kaiji will teach you how to pull defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> so does it do the the Euro camp thing where the focus is uh, on the the gambling activity itself more than the characters. Not really, but there's a lot of game theory involved. Like, um, I think it's a it, it's an easy show to recommend because the first couple episodes set up an interesting premise where uh, characters are on this cruise. Um, uh, Kaiji is in in a spot of trouble because he co-signed a lease that someone defaulted on. Um, and he's on a cruise that basically you're either going to go to this labor camp and work it off or you are going to win this game that you're gambling at to potentially make more money or lose more money that you have to pay off. Uh, and the game is rock, paper, scissors, but you have um, five cards of each suite, rock, paper, scissors, and you, you basically play a game of rock, paper, scissors with someone else using the cards you have. And once you use them up, um, you you can't use those cards again uh, for the rest of the cruise. So it sets up these scenarios in which there are actual statistical odds and winning strategies. And part of like the, the fun is trying to figure out the mystery of what the best move is. Man, and Japan and Junkin. The base, base a whole flipping episode of TV around it. Oh, I play and <laughs> hearing, that, hearing I play that game far about... too much. Oish. Hearing the bits about game theory, I bet would actually really get me going. It's um like we're like mitigating risks and <laughs> mitigating mitigating risks. Is that what I just said? Mitigating mm-hmm. risks in uh, high pressure situations. A lot of kaiji right? is right. all about down to uh, explaining. From what I've heard, anyway, explaining sort of how to read your opponent and not get lucky. Kind of do your best, even in games of chance, to pull it your way. And it sort of delves into that, I believe. It's kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of... It'll kind of take you through every scenario you could have in a gambling situation based on the premise. So, you know, he'll learn, like, 
oh, this is the, the first smartest move I should use just based on the pure numbers. And then, oh, if my opponent has any idea of what they're doing, uh, that is a terrible idea. And he'll have to sort of go through a, co a complete cycle of fully understanding this uh, tactical gambling scenario. And, and are they completely over-narrating every little bit of this process? Or is there, like, at least a little subtlety to it? You know, that's actually one thing I kind of liked about Yuru Camp, is that the narrator was was less there for overreacting to stuff that's already been said and more to give tips to uh to to the activities that have not already been said. It didn't it didn't do that thing anime does where it like repeats stuff a lot. Um it's hard to say. I haven't watched it since like 2009. Um but it's very much an anime about um overreacting to things. <laughs> oh god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted uh, so, to ask, though. Yes, yes. It's I, I gave it a week. Has anyone here watched Black Panther? Like, what the fuck? Yes, I have. I'm watching okay. it now. on have Friday because Japan is slow. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I'm going to see it on Friday. Think, oh, okay. Okay. I, I got to go see it again because I need to get another opinion. So, uh, Matt, did you were able to go to like a premiere or no? No, I got more to... just kind of on your leisure. Yeah, just uh, a day after it came out. Okay, okay. I, I have um, a number of friends that uh, in the Austin area that went to a big premiere and they all wore dashikis. And <laughs> I think an acquaint an acquaintance of mine even got like a custom tailored kente cloth for it <laughs> and went like all out. The the you know you so go I've, to the I've movie theater that. and they're like oh what are you gonna see you know what I'm here to see <laughs> <laughs> have you seen my grill my shoulder <laughs> it, it, what did you think oh it was um it's interesting because um if just the base elements of it it's it's kind of just a superhero movie but um it the cinematography was really good the score was phenomenal and just the character depth really oh it's like, a lot of people I've talked to have said that um, it, it seemed like it's just a standard movie, and then Killmonger shows up and is this really, really compelling villain in a way that Marvel movies don't seem to capture. Like, I, 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 I'm hard-pressed to even call him a villain. He's more just a foil. Yeah, it, it felt unfocused in the beginning, and then it kind of found its way in the, in the middle there. Uh, it ended up being an okay movie for, for me. I, I Ah... So I, I feel like I do have to watch it again, but my gosh, like everyone is saying such high praise about it. And then I watched it and I'm like, I don't know if it's the best Marvel movie I've watched. I mean, Ragnarok was pretty freaking, I was going to say, good I haven't seen movie. it yet, like, it's pretty freaking good. It's, you know? it's good. It's it, Ragnarok was pretty fucking awesome. So I, I think the characters in Black Panther were amazing probably mm. probably some of my favorite characters um yeah like a, oh wow a shori stole the show yeah oh my god like yeah black panther's um sister is is amazing and spunky yes and full of sass full of sass i like that i'm looking i'm mm. looking forward to watching it i've you know the internet's been sort of obsessed with michael b jordan as well as Black Panther. Speaking of anime. Yeah, speaking yeah, he's of He's been man, good it, since Chronicle. I don't know what y'all talking about. I'm going to be the hipster here and say... Dude, Creed was amazing. So, he, that guy's got chops. shouldn't have died in Chronicle. 
Well, what a trailer literally dropped just last night um, where he's in an HBO, I don't know if it's a series or movie, but Fahrenheit 451 starring him. Mm. That's that's really good. I'm, I'm so glad that he's getting some stuff now. So happy. My mm. God, I... I <laughs> It's one of those actors where it's like, man, please, please. He he's been in such good things, and they're all like low end, low end films that no one really talks about at all. And then he gets like into a superhero movie, and all of a sudden he's on every TV, everywhere. That's crazy. Um, Did that not I, happen I, after Creed? Because Creed was like, no, amazing. it's not as much as Black. It's Panther, not as much man. because this is a Marvel film, but. Like, it just exploded after Marvel. Especially because, yeah. like, all the political stuff and all that, like, it just, poof, just exploded. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I, I, I think he... I, I, I need to watch it again to see how his performance was, but I think I, I preferred his performance in other films. But, um... I don't know. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought I thought it was good at least. Um, just not the best one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil the movie. Yeah, here, let, so let's just, let's I'll let's draw stop. a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. I've 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 been taking a backseat because I really did not have any plans to see Black Panther. Like, I, of course, I, George wouldn't. <laughs> George, 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 but George. But I'm basing that off of. George, a, a general fatigue of superhero movies. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> That's all. Right. What? What's everyone laughing about? <laughs> why did I feel? Why, why, why did I feel? I just knew George didn't watch Black Panther. I don't know. It's just like this feeling. You just, you just get that from George, you know. What feeling? <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. Well, let's move on. We, no, we talked about Black Panther for a feeling. For five minutes. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> what feeling, though? Let's go racing! It's Super Mario Kart Funny Car Madness! Only on Super NES! Turn the track into a giant mud pit! Or burn rubber on ice, wood, or asphalt! Fly! Mix it up with the big boys! See Bowser and his big foot dropping trucks! See Yoshi's go-kart really good! Mushrooms, banana peels, turtle shell! Dynamite! Check your rear view and make a mean test! Or go into battle mode and ruin his day! Two speeds! Fast and way too fast! It's two-player fun on the split screen! Only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System! Now you're playing with power! Super power! Hello, and welcome <laughs> to God, the Roommate got, Corner once got again. got such a sexy <laughs> voice sometimes, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at when that. When you really put it on, it's like, ooh, my voice, <laughs> they linger. <laughs> um, all right, so, 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 so. It, it, it's, it's nothing too crazy. It's going to be short and sweet. Well, okay, well, well, now I have the a roommate, list. Right? Context, like contextualize. Yes. Isn't yeah, that yeah, crazy? Yeah. I have a list now. We're, we're, we're like the same people now. A, li a list of what? A lisp. I have a lisp <laughs> like him. A lisp. Oh, oh a lisp. A, a lisp. lisp. Of I a grocery. Li oh, a lisp. <laughs> I and, thought George and... was taking the piss on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know people want to hear more about what happened. So I was Context, Matt. Context. What happened about what? Uh, context what? <laughs> I, all right. I, you, you, hey, if you haven't listened to the other podcast... I, I don't know how to deal with you, man. No, the you tweet. The tweet. The, the tweet, all right, Matt. So, all, right, all right, all right, all right. Real quick, real quick. 
Um, I was looking for roommates before I decided to get in my own apartment. Uh, had there was an ad for a platonic, um, a, a, a male roommate looking for a male roommate with platonic nudity, you know, just just thrown in there, right on the ad, looking for a male roommate, some platonic nudity. I was like, okay. I went to go see him. Um, he showed me around the apartment. It was dirty. It was nasty. Um, we we had you know we talked before. He knew that I worked at this place um, because obviously that that's what you do. You know you talk about where you work. You know and people are like, oh, why did you tell him where you work? What do you mean? What do you mean? He's got to know that I I work right. What? Okay. Anyways, um, he's a developer by the way. I don't know if I ever said that. I can't. He can't tell me where he works, and I don't tell him where I work. Uh, that's just you gotta, you gotta have some type of trust. Uh, so um, now that's all done. If you want details, go back and, and listen to the other podcast. I was at the work. Epic saga. <laughs> the saga. I was at work, <laughs> and I was you know I just got done uh, dealing with a customer, and I see a guy, a short black dude. Uh, slight limp in a full suit with a suitcase. <laughs> with a suitcase. Clothes on. Wow. And I was, and then he turned a little bit to the right. I saw the corner of his face, and I'm like, and my, I told my coworkers. So my coworkers have been making fun of me, like, oh, he's gonna come here, bro. He's gonna come here. Yeah, he's gonna come <laughs> oh here. Like God, they're dude. already. So ready to laugh at me, so I'm I'm already on edge about it. So, but I fuck. I was like, nah, he's not gonna come. I see the side of his face, like, and he. I'm going in his direction. I was like, oh shit, and then I I just went to the right a little bit while he was turning to the left, right behind him, and I think for a second. He saw me around the corner like a ghost. You know, in those films where you, you see like your 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 dead loved one and he, you know, he walks across the room and you, you don't really see if it's actually him. That I think that's what happened with him. So I, I run across and I quickly go in the back and then he starts hanging around. OK, and I, I tell him, I was like, oh, no. I was like, bro. I was like, tell me, is he out there? I was like, it's very easy. Short, black dude, slight limp, okay? <laughs> he talks like he's French with a little lisp, all right? Spool suit on, you know, not naked. And and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's talking with the general sales guy. Okay, okay. Oh, he, he's hanging around, hanging out in the magazines. I'm like, okay. 20 minutes passed by. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'm just going to have to deal with it. I I go out there, help a customer. I'm like, okay, maybe he's gone. Maybe he's gone. Um, and then all of a sudden, right when I was about to uh, leave the front end of the store, he comes up to the left and glances in my direction and i was oh, like no. direction i was and i i'm not gonna lie it, it was like high school and i was a kid again i just did a brisk walk straight through 
some doors and got away got away from him. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he just walked out the store at that point. And that was the end of that. I did not want to have a conversation with him about, oh, so, um, you know, how are you doing? Because this guy, you know, was texting me after the fact I saw his place. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll let you know in a week. And he started texting and trying to have a conversation with me. This, like, after the fact about random stuff, text stuff. And I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to, I'm not, we, we don't know each other. I'm not trying to get to know you, bro. I'm not, I don't know. He, he must have saw the goods and wanted to see it one more time. I don't think this would be the last time I might see him again. Um, but let, let's just, let's just hope he, he, he's a nice dude. Let, let's just hope. All right. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm, 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 I'm sure he will. I mean, what's, what's the worst. Okay. If he follows you to your store, I'm sure I, it's not exactly like it's, it's that far out there of a coincidence was 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 he looking into building like like parts was 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 he there for a purpose did he just browse or or just hang out he didn't have anything in his head when he came up to their front huh so and i don't and when he was talking to me he was talking about like 20 different things he was just asking me random stuff um and then you know asking me like how how uh, the move was going and everything like that. And I was like, I, 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 I just stopped texting him after a while. Just, just like, no, this is not, this is not okay. <laughs> this is not okay. I'll let you know. We're, we're not friends. We're not friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a friendly guy, but we're not. I wonder how many people came to look at his apartment. I'm pretty sure because just all the one. good ones get snatched up, bruh. All the good ones get snatched up. This guy is probably still looking. Okay. I want to um, know what's in the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the suit also. Yeah, the suit a, is uh, like a he's red a developer. Herring. He said, "Developers wear hmm. suits." No, like this day and age, like a tech company wearing suits. I don't think yeah. so. Like a housing developer? I don't know. <laughs> no, after that no, no. apartment story. He's like a developer for a site. He, like, sent me the link. Really? It's weird. All of it was weird. com. <laughs> there are layers. So there are layers weird. to this. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> know. I want it to end, guys. I want it to end. I hope this was boring for you guys. You... you <laughs> This is not happening again. (laughs) You took a bullet for us, Matt. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Now you have few few artists have suffered as much for their art (laughs) as awkwardly glancing at a man in a suit as you have. So, uh, the man in a suit. Push things along from one awkward topic to another. Um, We are currently. In the midst of a very minor moral panic about uh, video games following the wake of a school shooting, which regularly happens. This time, I mean, last 
I think I remember after Sandy Hook, you had the NRA uh, guy, Wayne LaPierre, come up and say video games are bad. Everyone was like, no, you're full of shit. This time we have a Rhode Island politician. Um, Robert Nardolillo III is a Republican member for the Rhode Island State House who has proposed a piece of legislation that basically levies an additional 10% sales tax on violent video games in an attempt to uh, send that money towards, towards mental health care services. Which is a different tactic from the previous moral panics of earlier. However, still the kind of thing that just feels like absolutely beating a dead horse. There's um, quotes from him saying that uh, there is evidence that children exposed to violent video games at a young age tend to act more aggressively than those who are not. Which is not necessarily true. It's up to arguments, depending on studies, that like find a link between aggressive uh, uh, attitudes but not real life behavior. It's... I don't know, more or less similar to, to getting pumped for a, an athletic event by listening to a song. Um, there's no bodies of research that, that do connect video games to real-life violence, and the idea of wanting to funnel taxes for luxury over to mental health care sounds noble and everything until you consider that countries that have a lot of video games don't have the same... Uh, school shooting problem that, that the U.S. does. It's it. really just us. I just don't get it. You'll put a 10% tax on things that feature fake weapons that you use to to have a noble ambition to fund some mental health research, but you won't put a 10% tax or even just straight out ban real life weapons and then research some more about mental health. Like... What the fuck is going on? It's so ridiculous. Oh, oh, just like groan, groan, groan. America. We've 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 gone through this before. It's it's just unbelievable how some of these people think. There, we'll as you said, there have been again. no actual studies that have ever proved the link between violent video games and one, like, violent behavior, and two, even more specifically, a school shooting. But there has been links between school shootings and real-life fucking guns. It's a... Oh. Yeah, don't get distracted, kids. Keep making your it's, calls. It's just an easy scapegoat, unfortunately. That's, that's so the just... idea. And the stuff out. I grew up on some they horrible stuff too. Like I'm, I don't, I just, I don't think about guns at all. That's, oh my god, it's just so weird to to think about. Like I grew up on Call of Duty, Gears of War. But you can watch think, like maybe I process things differently, and, and they're talking about children that just process things differently. Is that is that what the case is? I just don't know because like you watch violent movies and like you know Game of Thrones is like the most watched TV show in the world and it features beheadings and and rapes and well, I, prostitution. I think the problem here is the interactive part of the game. But just how much of that is like you're pressing the trigger, watching oh, a visual, yes. mm, kill, a kill, kill, visual kill. representation of it, it like, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy, indeed. For what it's worth, I don't. I I have doubts about how likely it would be for this legislation to pass. Um, I mean, especially since this thing's being um written up and submitted by a Republican, who are usually uh, all about campaigning against uh, regulating businesses and raising taxes. Usually, 
Uh, so this this might very well be a bit of pandering for the scared old people who have done this countless times, but not countless, probably like a good 18 times before. Because there's been 20, uh, something like 20 big deal school shootings since Columbine, and I... I grew up with them all, and it sucked, and it sucks having video games get blamed for it every time. But uh, for, for, for kids who aren't used to this, get used to it. it this, is, this is becoming a permanent institution of American politics, is the video game moral panic. Maybe, maybe when, when we're like another ten years older... And they're ten, 10 years older. We might finally see this thing go away. Because, like, Liam, did you hear... Wait, no, they have moral panics in Europe. They just... They're, they're a little different. I... I okay, so... Because you already got, like, gun control. So gun control's not so, really part of those debates. So we had a shooting in the UK, and it was in Scotland. And it happened, I think, I believe, in the early 90s or late 80s. I, actually, I... I have actual no idea when it took place. It took place around then. And after that, there was just like such change and gun reform in the UK, even though it's difficult to get hold of guns in the UK as is anyway. And so much so that I have lived in the UK. I've lived in Japan. I have never seen or fired a gun a real gun in my entire life. In my entire life, I have never. I bet have all three of you seen a gun before? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've seen many it times in a cop's holster. Very yeah. close. Have you me. just seen someone walking Texas. down the street carrying one? Uh, yes. Yes. That to me is just like medieval bullshit. That's so crazy. Like, that's, like, samurai walking around with swords but crazy. Like, they, they only <laughs> have one purpose. It's to shoot and kill people or, like, deter someone from hurting you with the same weapon. It's like, I, I've spent my whole life and I've never seen one. I've never held one in my hands. And... You know, we so, all play violent video games, and we don't have school shootings, and, and you yeah, know. I, w I was wondering, does does the fact that guns are less part of the conversation when, when if if and when a school shooting happens in the UK, what what is the resulting moral panic is like, and how? I guess no. Let's narrow the question down further. Are video games a big part of the resulting moral panic? And Dude, how, the last time we had a school shooting, to... video games pretty much didn't exist. Oh my god, never mind. Did I just assume that it happens like once or twice at least in other countries, if not once or twice a year in America? Dude, we have not had a school shooting since the one in Scotland, the Dunblane Massacre. And that was so it was 1996. What a name. Yeah, wow. It, 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 that, that was, it happened that in was 1996, over... and 16 children died, and one teacher. That was about 12 years and ago. And it was the deadliest mass shooting in British history, and after that, just everything changed. And then, that was it. There so was a ban on, like, ownership for handguns and everything. People are smarter, though. That's why they talk like that. Jeez. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> oh man, there, I, there, there are many who would attest to otherwise. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like all the Americans that are listening to the podcast, that are like 
people I know really who love guns or from the army and they just kind of guns are just kind of part of them are getting very triggered right now and that we cannot even even understand the connection with pulling the trigger and releasing such a such a powerful weapon in your hand <laughs> i i apologize to those to those people i'm sorry i'm sorry but i i've had this argument uh a, a couple times at work uh by the way and i i feel i feel like since i grew up a certain way i, I just i just feel like guns are more of a problem than anything then it, they don't really solve much uh oh! Like I just don't. I don't. <laughs> Controversial opinion over here. Oh no! That something like that I, will start World War Three. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna stop there. Go. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, George. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I was. I was. I was just gonna try to narrow the focus down to video games themselves, <laughs> and and if video games are a scapegoat because people are looking for them, as evident by whether or not video games become a scapegoat in other countries where people might uh, have, have an easier scapegoat to look at and, and blame. Literally, the idea of video games being led, uh, like a, a violent issue is, is just an American thing. Like, no it, one this else This is not something that. you heard in the UK? No, not at all. Wow. Like, we haven't had incidents where you could blame vid video games. And every time we hear a story like this, it's a story from America. Like, I, I, well, you the, guys, the you guys are amazing. In Germany, it's a thing. You guys are amazing, but this just in the Germany UK? has a word for violent video games, like, invented by concerned parents. And, and I didn't, I guess the UK is, is different. It, is it? Is it to take heat off of gun laws? Of course. Just so uh, that's 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 the, the goal of, of many a, a lobbying organization and activist is. Yeah, it's it's, it's complicated. I, I I don't want to get into that so much as the no. Don't blame video games. It's stupid. It's dumb. Every everyone knows that video games are are. Pieces of electronic entertainment that uh, do not do not have uh, sharp, pointy edges on them, nor nor do they have bladed edges, nor do they uh, drill holes into surfaces at high speeds from long distances. You just kind of stick them in in a box, and it makes a picture appear on the screen that that can make you mad at kids on the internet. But I mean, you can still kill yeah. somebody with a Splatoon gun, I think. Yeah, a Splatoon gun. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's got to be violent too, right? Wouldn't that have to get censored as well? You could still technically um, drown someone in liquid with your big supply. All the ink probably isn't good if your, you know, your skin absorbs too much of it. Yeah. Yeah, you you could you could have a purple tongue forever. <laughs> so let's move on to questions. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, it is getting to the point where I need to head into the studio today, um, and I I don't really think there's going to be too many questions about esports trophies. <laughs> no worries, no worries. <laughs> but um, I, I want to thank y'all for having me on. I hope hope you enjoyed uh, my ramblings about Celeste of Black Panther. Thank oh, you, no Kyle. It was it's wonderful. Been a thank you for showing you. up, Kyle. And and once no again, where uh, what do you do, and where can people see your work that they might uh, have already seen inadvertently anyway? <laughs> Uh, I am a prop maker. 
if you want to see the business that I work at during the day, that is Vulpen Props. Um, some very, very fantastic work uh, there by my boss Harrison. Um, if you want to see my work, uh, you can look up Cute Monster Props and find me on most social media channels, uh, including Twitter at Cute Monster Props, as well as Instagram, Facebook, uh, even though it's dying and needs to go away. Um, I'm not on Vero. I don't have plans for that yet, but if it's not horrible and run by Russians, then we'll see. <laughs> Yay! Well, make sure you close the door on your way out of the studio, please. Uh, let the don't let the air out. Right. We we don't want any any poo particles well, seeping into our uh, electronics. Uh, we're all at, we're all in the same place, just in case uh, the audience doesn't know. We're all yeah, right we have a studio now. Much, Kyle. Does, um, does, does no one know? <laughs> and we're going to be doing some listener questions to uh, wrap up the podcast with. If you have a, a, a preponderance of inquisitiveness, if you if you want to know what I think about anything, if if you want to know what what Matt anything. thinks about non-platonic nudity, if you want to know what what wow. Liam thinks about um, terrorist houses. If uh, you want to know what I think about anime, <laughs> then send your questions Whoa. to Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I got three for us this week. First up, Ryan is asking, Dear Dad and Sons, my question is, what do you think are some of the differences between Japan's retro video game culture and the retro video game cultures in the U.S. and U.K.? Uh, such as trends, mentality, perception, market, and pricing. What are considered highly collectible games and hardware? What's rare? What's popular? And thanks for making an amazing podcast. You guys are an absolute joy to listen to. Keep having fun. Thanks, Ryan. I've gotten real nervous at the end, though, when you got real complimentary. Thanks, Ryan. Things are very cheap in Japan compared to the U.S. because the U.S. are scumbags. Yeah, retro video gaming is more of a mainstream hobby, so there's, like, more supply and demand. It's 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 two parts that and two parts something else. Uh one big thing a lot of people don't know about Japan is it takes fucking ages for a lot of people in Japan to move on to the next generation. Like most people are still playing PlayStation 3 in Japan. Mm. There is a high sale figures in the Switch and and the PlayStation 4, but it usually it, especially in the west we just like we just straight up drop shit and move on like immediately yeah like day one <laughs> get a playstation 4 day one get a switch like we're coming up to Sad almost a year now. since the switch has been out and all three of us own one yeah but but in japan like you'll be hard pressed to find someone like you know who you know who's japanese who actually has like taken the plunge and owned one a lot of people don't move on because they're comfortable and also like it's expensive to move on to the next generation like Japan is not cheap when it comes to buying brand new games they're like 70 to 80 dollars in Japan 7,000 to 8,000 yen for a brand new PlayStation 4 game so a lot of people just opt to just continue playing older games because one thing as Matt pointed out games become cheap in Japan mm -hmm. like I, mm -hmm. You can pick up like a copy of Final Fantasy VI boxed and all for like two thousand yen, twenty dollars, eighteen dollars, yep. like stuff like that doesn't have the kind of same sentimental value that we give it in the West. 
You're like, oh my god, Chrono Trigger. I played that when I was like eight. Oh my god, it, uh, uh, this is so rad. No one talks about this anymore. Like, that doesn't happen in Japan. Buys it, puts it on the shelf, never to be touched played again. Chrono Trigger. Everyone, Chrono Trigger was not that special of a thing. It was it was like a mainstream piece of entertainment pop culture. But this is the thing what I kind of like about Japan is when you see like some like kind of maybe older dudes like browsing through the NES games and they're like searching through. You know they're not like picking it up for a collection. They're actually like searching through for a new game to play. Which is, like, so cool. I really like that. Like, they're just, like, browsing through boxes and boxes of, like, 200 to 300 yen labeled, like, NES games. And they are genuinely looking for something to play, not to put on their collection. Like, collecting in Japan is kind of a thing, but everyone's apartment's really small. So space is limited. So not many people can really do that. It's all about just kind of playing and... There is a big emphasis in Japan on second-hand culture. Like, you buy something, you use it, you sell it. And everyone in Japan keeps things in good condition. Uh, usually second-hand stores, I buy everything I own pretty much from second-hand stores in Japan because they they are treated with such care that they're like new, but they're half the price. So there are so many secondhand stores in Japan that just sell CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, video games, video game consoles, figures, everything. It's just like a huge market in Japan. It's kind of, you'd be hard pressed to find a town that doesn't have a secondhand store with video games in it. It's just so openly and readily available here. And... I, I remember seeing old people even going in the arcades, like, looking for stuff. And, and the audience you see in those retro game stores, like, like span demographics you don't see in the States. It's, there's, there's a lot more people in there. There's, there's different kinds of, of people of, like, different age and gender groups that, that are uh, all buying this stuff. They, they all know what Chrono Trigger is. It's not... Chrono Trigger is not specialized knowledge. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Long Sleeve... Long Steve from Glasgow. He asks, <laughs> George. George often talks about bang for buck in games he buys, so I'm curious. What is the most bang for buck you all have gotten from video games? Mine is probably the Stalker series with their countless overhaul mods. Hmm. 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 Is this, like, hmm. monetary value, or are we talking, like, time spent? Uh, let's say, like, like bang per buck, I guess, function of, of, of like, money over time. I, I have two good candidates, and, I, and they're, like, the two games I've played the most. God, I think So that I is bought... time spent. Yeah. Yeah. I think I bought Oblivion's Game of the Year edition, like, used from Xbox... For Xbox uh, 360, long time ago, um, like way after it was, uh, it was out. Uh, I, I think it was like 20, 20 bucks or so. I can't remember. I think it was like it was pretty cheap. Um, and man, did I play the hell out of that game! I had like nothing to do for a couple days, and I just sat there and was had plates and stuff in my room. 
I was just playing that um, all the way through, all the way through, getting all the achievements. I think that would have to be my best bang for my buck, for sure. $20 of entertainment. I mean, movie tickets are super expensive here. Like, two hours of entertainment for there, but, like, here I had hours, like, just days and days and days and days of, uh, of fun, like, straight-up fun. Yeah, I mine. got New Vegas on sale for 30 bucks. Played 80 hours of the main uh, game's storylines. I did all the DLCs. I installed a bunch of mods, dicked around at them for days. And that was 30 bucks, like, three months after launch. Don't buy video games on launch, kids. Damn. 30 days? Or 30, 30 bucks about three I mean, months th- after sorry, launch. Three my days? bad, my bad. How the hell? No, no, no. Three months after launch for thirty bucks. Oh, not, okay. Not Wait three a minute. Days. I switched it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just, just want to, want to, clarify my butter there. Your butter. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to not just be like, well, I spent four hundred hours playing League of Legends and that game was free, but I eventually spent like three hundred dollars on it, so that doesn't count. But I, when I moved to Japan, someone gave me like um i'm a i really like the persona games and the the persona dancing game for the playstation vita had come out <laughs> and it, it it come out in japan and it wasn't out in english yet but you know you could play it vita region free it didn't have that much japanese menus on it and that kind of thing and uh someone who i was working with when i first moved to japan gifted it to me they they bought it for me and gave it to me and I played that thing for like two years straight on every train journey, every bus journey I went on because you could just like whip that game out, play like a couple of songs because it's a, a rhythm game, you know, you don't have to put any kind of effort into it. And I would just play it like constantly, like on buses and trains, hours and hours. I think I played, I must have played that game for like a hundred hours for sure in total for all of the trips, like bustling around Japan, just playing some Persona tunes from Persona 4. Yeah, I think probably that game. I mean, I didn't pay anything for it, but I got so much out of it. That's such a Japanese thing. Like, playing having... PlayStation... Like, play, turning the tunes into... Like, monetizing the the songs. Oh, man, but the Persona 4 soundtrack is so good. Yeah. There was something I wanted to talk about in this episode, but I didn't get a chance to, that features the Persona soundtrack. But we'll save that for another uh, day. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, we got one last question from Blues Piranha. <laughs> as as <laughs> just what a great mental image. It's like like a piranha in a bowler cap and sunglasses. My question to you: Are there any games in the series that you love that you feel got overshadowed by other games in the franchise, even if they might be better in your opinion, either because they're newer or because they tried something different? Um. A game in a series that you feel got snubbed by the sequels being better, but maybe Yakuza not 3. to you. Hmm. And Yakuza. which one? That's that's like your fave that you that feel was got overshadowed. Like, that, that was like my introduction to the series. Um, ah, the Virgin. The yeah. That you, was you, basically you'll, you'll fall in love with the first one. Well, it was kind of. It wasn't the first one in the West, but it was the first one that got popular. Not popular. 
I want to say it was the turning point. The turning point in when the West became suddenly obsessed with the Yakuza series. It was the first one on PlayStation 3. It, it, was, it was, you know, Kazuya, he, he'd retired. Like, he, he was, like, living it up in Okinawa. He was running an orphanage. And he was getting, like, sort of embroiled in, like, local politics in Okinawa. But it was kind of like a... It was like a like a spin-off episode of like a, a TV show where just like wacky adventures on a on a foreign island happened to the main character and no one really liked it compared to like Yakuza 4 or Yakuza 5 where you could play multiple characters and obviously Yakuza 0 being probably the highest rated in the series but I loved Yakuza 3 and it was like the game that like that game shot up like to like my top all favorite games of all time. It, it's got such emotion in it, and uh, it's really good. But it gets completely overshadowed by Yakuza Four and Yakuza Five. I really like that game. Yeah, Yakuza Three though—that's the one with the orphanage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game rightly so deserved to get popular though, because like I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I still have not yet played a Yakuza game to completion, but I've played one, two, three, and four. I've played hours of, of all the first four. Like, and yeah. three has such a good hook in yeah. the beginning. Like Yakuza three, like the ending is kind of like the ending of Metal Gear Solid Four, but you, instead of like you know a plane, you're like fighting on the top of a skyscraper in Tokyo, but like. With no t-shirt on, with your, your your yakuza tattoos poking out, oh, it's so good, such good game. Um, Matt, do you got one for uh, this question? I would like to see Dragon Age Origins, but everything after sucked. Um, <laughs> and no one talks about Origins anymore either. Everyone yeah. talks about Inquisition. That is true. Well, I mean, Inquisitions was fine. It was fine. Um. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Two wasn't, and two wasn't good. Um, no, no, two was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Thank you, thank you, Liam. Yeah. It was not you know, good. you know, good games. Um, <laughs> Just no bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I can't think of much. Um, so I'll do, I'll do Gears of War, the first one. It's kind of one of my favorite games of all time as far as shooters go it's just unbelievable fun um, you think people I, like gears of war 3 better than gears of war 1 i think 2 and 3 does overshadow at least okay. 2 does overshadow 1 like everyone forgets about 1 after 2 because 2 didn't prove a lot of things and i would say 2 might be the better game in some cases uh, eh. They, they always Cliffy B always found a way to mess things up. <laughs> to be honest, you know, like he always figured out to mess something up. Um, but uh, I think Gears of War was probably kind of one of my favorites to, to start off. Still, I will go back and play that because it it just simple. It's just extremely simple. Nothing was added to the game to like um, mess it up. It was just clear shotgun sniper lancer that's it you know you had some other things but it wasn't it wasn't crazy it was super simple and i love super simple mechanics because within that you can create um other things that kind of balance things out like wall bouncing and all that and 
Some people don't like that, but wall bouncing is awesome. Um, that make it a complicated game. So it's um, it's easy to get into, hard to master. Is what I like about Gears of War One, even though it, it was a little, a little broken at times. But yeah, but yeah, I say Gears of George, War. George, George, do you have one? Because I I have actually just thought of two that are very similar that I like. I- I got one that Matt might be on the same page as me about, and that's The Witcher 1 compared yeah. to the sequels. I knew you were going to say that for some reason. I like it's janky one as fuck, two, but everyone though. loves it. Yeah, I, I like one better than two. I don't know if I like one better than three. Hell I don't no. even know if they're in the same league. No, Hell no. One is, I definitely enjoyed Witcher 1 better than two and got really confused at everyone else's opinion being different than that. Because yeah. I... The The Witcher one has um, much 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 more of a satisfying just like feel to the gameplay, which is weird for me to say. It's it's a lot got to do with the menus. Like the Witcher one, you can tell was a made for PC game. It's got a grid fi- style inventory system. The the journals are like pages overlaid on the screen that look like paper. Every everything you press in the interface is fast and responsive. In The Witcher two, they they've made that transition over to like scale form goop tech. That, that like has some macromedia flash in it, the really standardized multimedia, um, multi-platform game menu that that has everything feeling a little more laggy for the sake of elaborate animations. And that's just one thing that I feel like is emblematic of how different the two games are. The Witcher 2 was was a shorter game meant for a more closed platform with less control scheme options and i i want to say a less of a of a hearty soulful story compared to witcher one which is like this glorious euro jank made for pc rpg that had um a story that was an amalgamation of adaptions from the book with uh its own incredibly uninteresting spin of turning these books into a game but the witcher 2 story i believe is all entirely original and you can kind of tell, whereas a lot of The Witcher 1 just remakes scenarios from the books. And I almost feel like the the writing was at a better place in that first game because of it. Even though the, the stuff that was original is way lower than than the bar set by the stuff that's the adaption of the books. At least at least with The Witcher 1, you got shitloads of good side quests that are, that are sticking to the brand. Same deal in The Witcher 3. In The Witcher 2, they do a lot that I did not like in comparison to the first. Although I would argue that Mario Kart 8 on Switch, and I think Smash 4 is the best Smash game, bar none, I really, really like Mario Kart Wii. I love that game. And I really like Smash Bros. Brawl. Whoa. Those are two mainstays at MAGFest, believe it or not. I lo- I okay, tripping aside, trip you all tripping. You all tripping. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Didn't tripping sh- tripping was stupid. I thought you were gonna say the first Smash Brothers, but you went with a sequel. No, I'm gonna go the second sequel. The the, the latest sequel. I really I spent so many I, I don't know whether it was like my nostalgia years of getting high and drunk while just playing games in university but Mario Kart Wii was the one that was out when I was in university and Smash Brothers Brawl was the Smash game that was out when I was at university and man 
Mario Kart Wii, I was so good at that game. I was get, I got world record times on like Cooper Cape and stuff like that. I played that game to death. And then Smash Brothers Brawl, it had like fucking solid snake in it. It was a it was a it was a great Smash Brothers game that mm. had great stages. It had it had freaking snake in it. It was good. But fair fair enough. They get overshadowed by you know, Melee definitely overshadows Brawl next to Smash 4, oh, yeah. which, you know, I love Smash 4 to death, and I think it is the best Smash Brothers game. And also, of course, Mario Kart Wii kind of is like the black sheep that... You haven't heard the Mario Kart one before. Yeah, I think a lot of people who play Mario Kart quite, quite com- not competitively, but serious- seriously, they, they, you know, they'll be like, Double Dash, or... Mario Kart 8 on Switch is definitely the most well-rounded and polished one. But man, you can't beat Daisy on a bike on Cooper Cape from the Wii game. I love that shit. Pressing up on the Wiimote D-pad to do wheelies. Ah, so good. You might be pleased to know that all four times I've been at MAGFest, there have been stations upon stations upon stations of both those games set up. Well, someone finally out to MAGFest. Come on. There's a lot of kids who who want people who who want to just throw down some Mario Kart Wii or some Smash Brawl. There you go. But don't want to say so on the internet. We're putting it out there. If you if you want to if you want to throw down a Mario Kart Wii or Brawl, make a Dad and Sons panel at Magfest and 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 fly me out. There you go. Uh, exchange friend codes. Um, get your, get your Wii network adapters plugged in. Yep. Get, get <laughs> your, like, that, 16... That old interface from, like, 2006. <laughs> get your 16-digit, like... <laughs> and and, and mail in your, your insurance and social security details to dadandsonspodcast.com at dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com and, and we, we can get the tournament set up. <laughs> And without further ado, that pretty much wraps us up this week. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for showing up. Thanks again for listening. It was it was it was fun. I had fun. We had fun. I had a fun. We we had fun. We had fun. We had, we had fun. <laughs> One whole fun. <laughs> Discord decided to fuck up and was just all I heard was oh, first George said fun. Oh, and then, like, 30, like ten seconds later, it, Matt just said, "Fun." 